imagine if something did happen and you were to go back to zero, what would you say is the first thing you would do in that 30-day window frame to get yourself back up? I would close my eyes. Hey, Insider, I'm back with another interview today featuring a success insider called Ryan Serhant. He's an American real estate salesperson and reality television star who's been featured on Bravo's Million Dollar Listing in New York. He's also a real estate powerhouse as his team at Nestseekers International sold over $830 million in real estate in 2017. So you're going to really love today's episode, especially if you want to become more financially successful. So be sure to pay close attention and let me know in the comments box below your biggest takeaway from today's interview. Interview. So without further ado, enjoy today's episode featuring a success insider called Ryan Serhant. So just give us a, a short glimpse, Ryan, in terms of some of the big milestones that you've gone through, some of the hurdles that's got you to where you are today. Oh, man, I think getting into real estate in the first place was a massive hurdle for me, in part because I never knew that it was something that I was going to do. I came to New York City in 2006 uh, with the idea that I was going to be an actor. And I wanted to do theater and maybe film and television. And I just ran out of money really quickly. And I didn't want to have a survival job. I didn't want to do anything kind of like that because I knew if I got a survival job that I'd be stuck in it for the rest of my life. And I'd become comfortable. I'd end up figuring out how to pay my rent. And then I would never push myself. So I've always been somebody who has kind of put himself up against a wall. Because I know that when I'm up against a wall, whether it's financial or personal or emotional, that I will act, I will absolutely fight back. Um, and then I will be able to increase my lifestyle, increase my, you know, my, my worth. Um, and so then in 2008, the summer of 2008, I ran out of money. And I was either going to move home to Colorado and paint fence for the rest of my life. Or I was going to figure out how to stay in the city. And staying in the city meant getting a job so I could afford it. And a friend of mine said, get your real estate license. Um, and I did. And I got my real estate license. And I started the day that Lehman Brothers filed for bankruptcy. And the world went into the Great Recession. That was day one for me. Um, at, which at the time sounds terrible. But in hindsight, was the best time for me to start. Because I wasn't coming from anywhere but the bottom. So whereas everybody else was getting out of the business, I just thought the real estate business was really, really hard. And then from there, I just became addicted to it. And I just started working a lot on trying to meet as many people as possible, growing my brand, growing my business. Um, I got onto a show called Million Dollar Listing New York, which is on Bravo in 2012. Um, well, I got onto it in 2010. It came out in 2012. So four years after I got into the business, that was another huge milestone. It was around the same time I got my first building to sell in lower Manhattan, um, which was a big milestone for me. And then I think it was three years later, I had sold enough to be named the number one team in New York City for sales volume residentially. Um, and we've kept that ranking or thereabouts for the last five years. Wow. So when you had absolutely nothing in terms of running out of money, what was it that made you want to persevere? Because, you know, most people, when they're just down on their luck like that, sometimes crumble. So what made you persevere in, in a time like that? Uh, the fear of failure, to be honest. I mean, I had no other option. What was I going to do? Move home with my parents? I'm not going to do that. Because I knew if I moved home, I'd never leave again. You know, And I see that all the time. I have friends from high school who still live with their parents, and they're in their 30s. And I just don't want to do that. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking anybody. Everyone has the right to do whatever they want with their entire life. I just knew that that wasn't for me. I didn't want to live in my basement, right? And have my mom do my laundry until I was 40 years old. So I had to figure it out. 
you know, and it's scary, but you push. And what's amazing about real estate is, you know, I didn't have to go to school for three years or seven years. I didn't have to get a residency. You know, what I had to get was a real estate license, which cost a couple hundred dollars and took 75 hours of my time in New York City to take the test and take the class. And then I was as licensed as I am today, 10 years later. And I could start advising people. And all you have to do is work incredibly hard. So there's a lot of different ways you can make money and survive if you really want to. There's lots of job opportunities. And anyone who says there isn't, just isn't looking in as many different places. And I meet a lot of people who are like, no, there's nothing for me. It's because you're stuck with your own ego thinking that you should only do one type of opportunity and you don't open yourself. Like I thought acting was my whole life, but then I went into real estate. I didn't view my failure as an actor as some egotistical brick wall that hit me in the face and then get angry at everybody. No, it was a speed bump in life because I chose success first. What do you believe was a skill that you developed? I mean, coming from an actor to going into real estate, what do you believe was a skill that made you really successful in this field compared to everybody else who sometimes fail in real estate? Um, I think there's a couple things actually, you know, uh, as a person, I would say my ability to, to listen to people, which is what acting is all about. It's just listening and responding instead of listening to reply, which is what most people do, right? How many times have you told someone a story and they don't really react, but they go right and tell their story is cool too. <laughs> the one who's a bad salesperson. Um, and so that's what acting teaches you. It also teaches you to think on your feet, right? I stress that everybody who wants to sell anything should take improv. I take an improv class, be uncomfortable in a group of people, figure out how to ask questions, how to think on your feet, how to be witty if you can, right? Don't get, get out of your own way is really what good actors do. They get out of their own way, they get out of their own shadow, they throw self-consciousness to the wind. And a lot of people have a really hard time doing that. And then on a business front, you know, those two years that I've lived in New York City, kind of scrounging around, hungry, trying to be an actor, really taught me the hustle and the hunger I needed in sales. Because I don't think I'd be where I am today had I not had those brutal two years. Because going into real estate, I think it's like 80 or 85% of all new real estate agents in the United States quit in the first year because there's no salary and everybody just wants to get paid and they want their benefits. So for me, maybe if I graduated college and just gone into real estate, maybe I would have quit too because it's really hard. But I had those two years of boot camp where I was beaten across the face and told that I wouldn't get this job because of my face you know, or because of my hair, or because I was too tall, or because of the sound of my voice. Like no one has never taken an apartment from me because of my face, or because of my hair, or because of the sound of my voice. And I found that to be really, really refreshing. And it just meant that I had to work hard. What's your definition of working hard? Because I mean, nowadays in the world of uh, entrepreneurship, People are, I suppose, defining it in different ways, working hard, and some people are burning themselves out, some people are getting results. So what's working hard for you? Uh, working hard for me is working towards specific goals because anybody can work hard, and then that means they're just busy. I know a lot of people who work incredibly hard, and they don't get anywhere because they're kind of like hamsters in a wheel. Right? A hamster in a wheel works incredibly hard to keep that wheel going, but they're not going anywhere. So... You know, for me, the definition of hard work is picking goals that I want to hit that will 
move my life forward because I need to have constant progress, both personally and professionally. And progress is happiness. And I want to be happy. I want to be a happy person waking up every day and going to bed. Um, and by structuring myself so that I can push to hit those goals weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually, and I work my ass off to get to those points, that's what working hard is to me. It's also not slacking off, right? It's not like it's think about how much time you spend watching TV, how much time you spend at Netflix, on your phone, scrolling through photos. It's like life is short. Like, you know, you if you wake up at 5 a.m., let's say, and the average person wakes up at 7 a.m., okay, let's say, that's an extra two hours of the day that you have to be productive that your competition now doesn't have, okay? So that two hours for, let's say, five days a week, four weeks out of the month, 12 months in the year, that adds up to something like 20 days of extra time that you now have to work and be productive that your competition doesn't have just because they wake up at seven and you wake up at five. 20 days, it's almost a month. You have a month extra. So you want to get ahead? Like, wake up earlier, right? Like, that's not, I'm not saying burn the candle at both ends. I'm just saying be smart about your time. Right. So you said pick the right goals. What would you say for, for yourself? I mean, if you were to give advice to people, because right goals, uh, some people, you know, are very confused right at the start of their journey in terms of what are right goals. What, what would you say? Is there like a system that you follow in terms of defining the right goal for one person or does it vary? Not really. I mean, in, listen, I, I guess I, I kind of have two businesses right now, right? I have a real estate business, which is large. And my goals are based on sales numbers and income. I want to make X amount of money. I want my team to make X amount of money. How are we going to get there? Well, I have to sell more. So then I break it down by how much do I need to sell every month and every year to make sure that I hit my income goals and they hit theirs, right? So that's, so that's numbers based. And then I have a social media business and a video presence and a vlog on YouTube and a book. And all of that is based on users and engagement. So I want to increase my subscriber base. I want to increase my engagement. How am I going to do that? I'm going to break it down and figure out how much I need to post, what the content needs to look like, how often I'm going to do it, how much I'm going to engage so that I can increase that subscriber base because that's what social currency is. Um, And then I know I'm working hard towards those specific goals. Right. And it seems like you're managing, you know, a lot of things on your plate. How do you normally go about structuring your day normally? Do you follow a system or something like that? Yeah, I, I, uh, that's a good question. Um, I, I wrote a book that came out uh, in September called Sell It Like Sirhant, which is the name of a TV show I did on Bravo last year called Sell It Like Sirhant. And there's a whole section in there about how to structure your day for success because I never read a book that taught me how to do that. And some have tried to, but it's all bullshit. Um, and I wanted to be just very, very honest with entrepreneurs and other salespeople. So I break down my day because no one tells me what to do. Right? If you're trying to start your own business, be an entrepreneur, do your own thing, if you work at a regular job with a boss, then you have someone telling me what to do all day. But for me, when I got into real estate, no one told me what to do. So I created a, the FKD system, Finder, Keeper, Doer. And there's a whole section about it in the book that you can read. But um, it, I structure my day where the beginning of the day, I'm just a finder of my own business. The middle of the day, I'm a keeper of the business I have. And then the rest of the day, I do the actual business. And by setting up that model, I was always busy. I was always working hard. I was always being productive towards hitting my goals rather than what everybody else does, which is you wake up, you look at your calendar, you say, what do I have going on today? Oh, I have an appointment at one. What else am I going to do all morning? And you don't get anywhere. 
and you might work really hard, but you're just that hamster in that wheel. So you say in the morning you're doing the finder sort of things. What does that look like? I mean, of course, we can't break down the entire book, but is it overview sort of what you're going to do or what does that look like? CEO, right? You as your own business person, you have to be your own CEO, CFO, and COO, right? You have to be your own jar. You have to be your own trash man. You have to be your own mailroom. You have to be everything. But really thinking about how to grow the business you, you know, the beginning that finder time is figuring out how you're going to prospect for new business. How are you going to grow? How are you going to brand? What are you going to do? You spend time to actually brainstorm it, right? You're also putting out fires, which is what CEOs do. And you're, you know, trying to put deals together. Um, and then the keeper time in the middle of the day is the financial health of the company, which if you're a real estate agent is the financial health of yourself. You know, do you have money to spend on marketing today? If you have $10 and that's it, what can you spend it on? Don't just say, oh, I don't have money to spend on marketing. I only have 10 bucks. Everybody has 10 bucks, right? You can, how many stamps does $10 get you? How many letters could you then send to different houses or to different people you want to meet? There's a lot you can do. Um, and then the doer time is the foot soldier work. That's the COO, that's back office, that's admins, that's sending those letters, that's meeting those people, that's doing those appointments. Right. What would you say um, right now in terms of your time management system? Because you said some of it was bullshit that you were hearing and so forth. What do you find to be true in terms of time management performance that most people disagree with? What do I find to be true about time management? Yeah, in terms of like performance and structure and so forth, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the power of leverage is really important. I think everybody should only focus all day, every day on only what you can do. If there's anything in your day that you're spending time on that somebody else can do, even if it costs you money, or even if it means that you're going to do less business, at least it frees up your time to do more productive things that only you can do. And that's really, really important. So for example, for me, if I need to show an apartment to another broker and buyer, if there's someone on my team who can do that, then I will have them do that because that saves me a half an hour to get there, a half an hour to show it, a half an hour to get back. It's an hour and a half of my day I could spend building new business, expanding my business, expanding my brand when somebody else who's equally capable and hopefully better than me can do that task, which for them is something only they can do because they're not at my level yet. So it always becomes relative. So focus on only what you can do and then you'll have so much more time than you think. Right. How would you say uh, you approach this process differently? I mean, because you've had incredible acceleration in the last several years. I mean, you're dealing with, uh, I remember hearing what's hundreds of millions in some, some years, right? In sales and so forth. So, uh, I mean, there are people in real estate who fail left, right, and center. What do you believe you did differently in terms of the way you're approaching it from a psychological angle that gave you a leverage? Is it just a matter of waking up early or are you doing something specifically different? Are you spending your time different? What does that really look like? I think kind of like I said earlier, people have a really hard time getting out of their own way. They have a really hard time getting out of their own head. Um, And for me, I am insatiable. I want as much as possible. I want to do more. My biggest fear in life now, honestly, is wasted potential that I'm going to not do enough. And it's not because I'm crazy and I just want to do and do and do and do and do. No, it means that life is short. Like I'm only going to be here for a really short period of time. So why not make the most of it? Like, I just don't get how so many people are okay with just being okay. 
you know, like I, and I, I don't want to knock people who feel that way and good for you. If you're, if you feel good that way, I, that honestly would depress me. Um, and so, you know, it's just a matter of, of using my time as wisely as possible to do as much as I can. So I don't leave anything on the table when I'm dead and gone. How would you say you tend to push through those days, uh, you know, those days that are the worst times? Is there something you tend to, something you tend to do? Yeah, there's, um, there's a a saxophonist. Um, There's a a jazz musician who had a really, really up and down life, had great records and bad records, lots of divorces, addicted to drugs, almost died, then got sober, then got addicted to alcohol, almost died, then got sober, back and forth, had a crazy life. And on his deathbed, he was asked by somebody, how'd you do it? Like, how'd you keep going through it? How did you have hit records after all those failures, all those ups and downs? And he said, if you take care of the music, the music will take care of you. And for me, that's if you take care of the work, if you just do the work every day, the work will take care of you. Don't worry about everything else. You're going to have bad years and good years. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have a lot of bad days. You're going to lose deals. Everything bad that could happen is going to happen. Once you're okay with that and you just stay on the path, stay on the straight line and do the work, the work is going to take care of you. You are going to make money because guess what? Everyone else around you is going to quit because they don't feel the same way. So in a way, just stick to the work despite the adversities. Is that what you're saying in terms of just continue to work? Yeah. I mean, look at a, look at a sports team, look at a, look at a, you know, a football team, look at, you know, any of them. Like they, they don't quit after they lose the Super Bowl. They don't quit after they lose a game. They go back to the drawing board. They go back to studying, watching film, and they come out next week to win again. Like that's it. That's what we need to do. Hmm. And do you think that's, honestly all it really takes or would you say there's something else that is an essential habit or an ingredient for me you know i again i'm a real estate agent in new york city and i wasn't born here i didn't go to school here i didn't know anyone here when i moved in here the most money from a job i had ever had in my life was living in new york city hand modeling holding telephones and having people take photos of my hands wow. okay? So I you Google it, Ryan, sorry, hand model. it's going to be a fun time. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, so for me, it was just about doing the work and being smart about it and leveraging. And the minute I could have somebody else do something underneath me, I would find that person and I would do it. And they work for me for free just because they wanted the experience. And then the minute that person got busy, we find somebody else to work under them for free because they wanted the experience. And it becomes this kind of pyramid where everybody's working incredibly hard to grow their own business and they're willing to do it um, with you, you know, and not for you, not against you. They're doing it with you. And that's honestly how I've built my business. And I would say too, that I'm incredibly disciplined, right? Discipline is, uh, goes a long, long way. And a lot of the failures that you see out there from people who just aren't disciplined. I mean, how many people have the same new year's resolutions every year for years? Why couldn't they hit them? Why aren't the new year's resolutions changing? Why do they wait until New Year's to even make a resolution? It's because they're just not disciplined. And I think a lot of that honestly starts with the parents. I think there's a lot of poor parenting out there. Um, But you never blame parents until there's a problem, right? Yeah, definitely. What tips would you give to somebody who 
is lacking that discipline. I mean, it's common. Uh, you know, I remember stats show like 92% of people fail in their New Year's resolution up keeping it, right? What tips would you give to somebody who's just lacking that motivation discipline? I think a lot of people set goals and resolutions that are just too big. Like, and, and they don't have, they're not specific enough. And that's, that's a big problem that people have. Like, so my life is broken down by the half hour. I don't think about my life in terms of the month or the quarter or the year. Like I can't even, what does a year even mean? Like how do we wrap our head around that? A year is a bunch of days tied together. I know what days feel like. I know what an hour feels like. I can, I can feel that in my gut. I can, I understand that in my brain. So when people go into it and they set goals, like I want to make a million dollars next year. Okay, great. How are you going to do it specifically? What are you going to do every half hour to get to that point? Or if someone says, you know, I'm going to lose weight. Okay, great. How are you going to do it? If someone says, I'm going to be the best. Okay, great. How are you going to do it? What does each 15 minute mark look like every day? And people just don't want to do that work to figure it out because you're too lazy. And if you're too lazy, then that's fine. Like, guess what? We, we live in 2019. It's the future. You know, you don't have to do a lot. Go have fun. But for everybody else that wants to do better, break it down and get specific. Don't just say you want to lose weight. Say you want to lose X amount of weight every month. And this is how you're going to do it. You're going to do intermittent fasting, or you're going to do this diet, or you're going to cut out this, or you're going to cut out that, or you're going to walk more. Like come up with really specific goals that you can hit every day, literally, and then reward yourself. Like, I don't, I'm not telling everyone to join the army, but reward yourself. Like for me, I'll get myself a new suit if I've hit my goals for the month. You know, I'll promise myself certain things and then I won't get it unless I, unless I hit that goal. Um, so I think that really helps. What would you say you're driven by nowadays, Ryan? Because if I find, you know, people go through different stages in life once they get some wealth in their life, if they get different motivations. I mean, does wealth still drive you? Is it something else or what does that look like? I, I am I am, and forever will be completely driven by the utter fear of failure. <laughs> like I, just being honest with you, you know, the, like, and it gets worse and worse and worse the higher up you get because you, you know, the higher up you are, the the further you have to fall mm. um that terrifies me and i want to leave a legacy you know i don't want to go down i don't want to take two steps forward and a huge jump backwards i want to do as much as possible and keep growing and progressing like i said progress is happiness and uh that fear of failure is what drives me so imagine i mean god forbids but imagine if something did happen and you were to go back to zero, what would you say is the first thing you would do in that 30 day window frame to get yourself back up? What would you do to build it all back up? I would close my eyes. I would breathe and I would go back to basics. I would say, okay, we're in a really, really tough time, but that's okay because that's when I started. When I started, I had nothing starting from zero. And what did I do? I went out on the street and I met people. Some of my first clients were pregnant women in Starbucks who looked to me like they needed more space because guess what? They had a baby coming. Like that was back to basics. I would find foreigners on the street and see if they had more than two shopping bags, which said to me they could afford a new apartment. Maybe, right? I profiled people all day long. I don't care. And I, that was my basics. So if all else comes crashing down, that's what I do. We go back to basics and rebuild. And sometimes even when things don't come crashing down, it's important to go back to basics anyway. Remember why you got into the business that you did. Remember why you started whatever you started. 
So that's, that's where you started in terms of approaching people in the street and in Starbucks and so forth. Yeah, man. And ads on Craigslist. I didn't know anybody. <laughs> like I, wow. like, I told you, like I, I, mm. I, you know, my family were all in Colorado at that time. So I was in this big, crazy city where everyone was already from here or they had networks or they had friends. They went to school here. They grew up here. I didn't have any of that. I didn't have a suit. <laughs> So it's just kind of just built out from there, just consistently every single day, just whatever it takes. Yeah, meet new people. Um, mm-hmm. That's what's so great about sales. That's why I wrote the book, right? That's why I did the Sell Like Sirhan show. You know, that's why I do the vlog. Like sales is amazing because no one will ever tell you you've sold too much, right? And it will mm-hmm. never affect your bonus. You know, it's like working in an investment bank. You could be really, really great. You could make the company lots of money, but if the company as a whole had a down year, it's not going to affect your pocket, is it? And that can be kind of like disincentivizing. So for me, I want to sell as much as possible and no one can tell me not to. But you also take the risk that you sell nothing and you make no money and you have to give up. So there's no ceiling, but there's also no floor. And if you're okay with that, sales is an amazing career for somebody who just wants more. Okay. Uh, so let's start wrapping up there, Ryan. I uh, just want to say firstly, thank you so much uh, for you know, all the value you've dropped uh, today. If you were to summarize in terms of um, you know, all of the, the bits you've covered today into just one single takeaway that you want everybody to remember, what would that uh, be in terms of one big lesson? Honestly, keep your head up. Keep your eyes open, keep a smile on your face, and keep plowing forward because everything is going to be okay. Do not get down on yourself. Get out of your own way. And like I said, just do the work. Take care of the work, and the work will take care of you. 